SMQBs. This is episode 68. It's a good one. We start off with covering the NHL playoffs, which are still going on. We get an NBA Finals update, and then we have some more uh, good debate and discussion about the Live Golf Tournament. You've probably heard a little bit about it. Well, this is all you need to know. Live 101 right here. Then we get into a uh, big tennis discussion. Is Nadal the greatest ever, or is he just great on clay? Good discussion. I think you're going to enjoy it. Got a couple punchable faces, a couple lassos, uh, and then some pour outs for some guys who are uh, leave, left their marks behind. Uh, worth a listen. Enjoy it. Leave us a five-star review. Have some fun. Thanks for listening to us. SMQBs, this is episode 68. This guy, um, he started his professional career in 1990 and is still playing. He uh, won a, wow. a chance. Won a medal in the in a bronze in the world junior championships, a silver in the European junior championships. He won a bronze in the world championships. He has a gold and a bronze in the Olympics. He has a what bronze in the World Cup. Well, it, okay, it's hockey. Number sixty-eight. It's hockey. Got, he won World Championship. He has a gold, two golds and a bronze in a World Championships. It's hockey. Nineteen ninety. Currently, no can we have a country player? He's not playing in the NHL, though, is he? He's currently playing uh, in the Czech Extra Liga. Oh, it's Yager. Yager. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. Do you believe that? I mean, this guy is 50 and he's he's actively playing professional hockey, not in the NHL, but he did play for the Flames as recently as 2018. How many years was he in the NHL? He started. Well, he, he played from 90 to 01 for the Penguins. Yeah. He was with the Caps from 01 to 04. He was with the Rangers from 04 to 08. Then he played out of the country from 8 to 11. And in 2011, he played from 11 to 13. He was with Philadelphia, Dallas, and Boston. So raise your hand if he's played on your team so far, right? Everybody (laughs) out here except he never got to the Lightning. He played for the Devils from 13 to 15. And the Panthers from 15 to 17. And well, Cal- he's not, Cal- he's not Russian, 18. so he hadn't played for the Lightning. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> By the so, way, that's, uh, that is insane. So you when know? we said it should be Elsie Greenwood, when we, when we were saying it should be Elsie Greenwood, I thought for sure you were going to pick one of the hogs to try to throw us off. <laughs> no, but I mean, th- this is, I mean, this is bananas. Though. This I is mean, the right the, number 68. It really sure. is. I mean, listen, listen to these awards. He won the cup, first of all, in 91 and 92. He was NHL all-rookie team in 91. He was an all-star in 92, 3, 4, 6, 7, 8, 99, 2000, 1, 2, 3, 4, and 16. Oh, wow. Uh, That's a massive career right there. He won the Art Ross Trophy, uh, which is, who knows what the Art Ross is for? MVP. No, it's a player who leads the league in points. The scores. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Points. Yeah, yeah. Points. yeah, yeah. All points. Not the, hard, hard is the MVP. He, 
He won the Ross in 95, 98, 99, 2000, 2001. He was a first-team All-Star in 95, 96, 98, 99, 2000, 01, I, I could stop, but this is really impressive. Uh, the Hart Trophy in 99, the Lester Pearson, uh, which is now, I guess, the Ted Lindsay Award to the most outstanding player in the regular season as judged by the players in 99, 2000, 2006. And the Bill Masterson Memorial Trophy, who to the player who best exemplifies perseverance, sportsmanship, and dedication to hockey in 16. I mean, this guy was winning awards in 1990 and 2016. He's winning awards. <laughs> I think some of those Art Rosses might have been while he was playing Same. with Lemieux, too. Yes, on the penguins yeah yeah i think that's right yeah so for for all those teams i bet you can't find one teammate who liked him (laughs) well i mean listen the 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 team yes i mean Uh, look the the um i mean at least the one award that i just mentioned the masterson is voted on by players um no that no i'm sorry that's the pearson award which he got three times so he was at least respected by his peers. Did you guys see the breaking news on Aaron Donald? Yeah. No. Monster contract. Just, just signed a two-year deal worth $65 million, making him the highest non-quarterback, highest paid non-quarterback in the league. Probably deserved. Yeah. With the Rams, I presume. Deserved. Yeah. Was he number 68? Is that why that's relevant? No. No. <laughs> breaking news. <laughs> That's probably more money than uh, Yager made total in his in his entire amazing career that we just went over. Yager really was, I mean, quite quite a special player. I mean, that's 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 pretty unbelievable those statistics. And you're right, he was probably overshadowed by Lemieux for a good part of his career. But really, what a what a player. We shouldn't uh, ignore that. That career is unbelievable. I love it. So let's move. Um, well, why don't we stick with hockey? Since we're there, let's uh, let's get a little. Wow, uh, hockey. nope, hockey's man. leading off the pot. Yes, milk. Yes, milk. Because last week never end. It went after soccer and F one. <laughs> yeah, like, as it should. should. And water polo. Uh, Next time, it, cricket will be ahead. Look, I'm only going to talk about one series because the other one's over. We all agree, right? Right. Oh, what really, wait, we don't want to play left. last week's uh, tape of Bison saying it's Edmonton's year. Cue that up, Nace. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I said it was going to be a sweep last week. Yeah, this is over. I will tell you this. One, one comment I will make in, on that series is we're talking about the depth of the avalanche last week. Holy shit. Have you guys noticed that? I mean, I've never seen every game in this series. It's been like somebody like four or five different guys scoring goals. They're all, I mean, the, their depth from top to bottom is unbelievable. Um, and it's, I mean, Edmonton's got no chance. So once again, there will be no Canadian team. That's Poor going to Canada. Well, Poor, Poor Canada. But the exciting series is the lightning. How about yesterday guys? Yeah. Unbelievable. I thought you were, I was getting ready to pull out the broom on the lightning. I was getting a little nervous, but I was I was told on on text to never doubt the heart of a champion and um, unbelievable finish. That back pass from Kucherov is the best best pass you'll see all year. Yeah, uh, Palat 
unbelievable goal. And if the Lightning can get out of their own way and stay out of the penalty box, that was the best five on pot five they played the last 10 minutes of that game. Um, you know, I, I have to think like the first game of that series, they hadn't played a game in 10 days, something like that. They looked rusty. They gave up six goals. It was just completely uncharacteristic of Vassy. Um, and, and even game two to an extent, although they started to play better. But I don't know with this team, it just seemed like after those, after those power plays, and they didn't – I think with the Rangers, both goals were on power plays, right? Yep. Yeah. Um, something may have switched there. And I'm I'm really excited about tomorrow night because I think they finally are playing at the level they should be playing at. Um, but I think the key I think the key to maybe that switch happened uh, when uh, Kucherov was he got four minutes for high sticking. Okay, that this is what really changed the game yesterday. Four minute power play the Rangers had they could have finished us off. I yeah. think, and then they got a penalty. They. They did. They got it. Well, they, they, after about two and a half minutes or two minutes, they get a penalty. They equalized to go to four on four. Um, but that was, that was, that changed the game entirely. Huge goal at the end. I'm looking forward to, to Tuesday night to get the tie to go back to New York. But if you can keep, stay out of the penalty box, we talked about it last week. Their five on five does not compete to the Lightning. They just can't hang, I, in my opinion. So, did you, see the, did you see the stat that Shersterkin had to make 48 saves in that game? They were, and they, Vassie only had 28 saves. They, it was an onslaught. Out, outshot the Rangers. I mean, it was, yeah, it was like doubled them up. Yep. It was you, but Mil, what, what does Paul Miller say about a hockey series? It doesn't start until uh, until the – what is it? The home, home team, loses. Team, loss. Home team, team loses. loses. So oh, right yeah. now – you're just holding court. There's nothing, you know, you got a long way to claw back. I, I, I look, I agree. You got to steal one too. It's a long way to yeah. go. Milk, two questions. One, are the Rangers more than you expected? Two, are you concerned about Vassy and goal? No, I'm not concerned at all about Vassy. He had a shitty first game. I think he played great yesterday. I mean, you can't put him in those positions with power plays. And he was getting peppered. Of course, he gave up some goals. And that guy, what is who's the guy on the Rangers? You know how in every series you find a villain who you absolutely yeah. despise. Yeah. yeah. Who's that? Who is that guy? What's his name? I told you last week to worry about Mika. Mika. I can't stand him. Why? He's great. I don't know. He's a great that that power play goal he had that went about 190 miles an hour. Yeah. Was was outstanding. Oh, he annoys the shit out of me. I mean, me. if your goalie gives up two power play goals, that that's you're doing pretty good. You're going to win a lot he of had a great games. games. Yeah. By, I the, think- by the way, did you see Stamkos' uh, goal where he hit it so hard that his stick bent? St- Stamkos from that side is reminds me of it's a it's a very Ovi Ovi it's Ovi in the office. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You put you get him open over there. Um, he's going to hit. But the Rangers have got to be more than you thought they would be. The Rangers are they're they are they're the hot team. Um, 
they're definitely more than than we thought. But oh, I, I I love this. He's still got this air of invincibility about right, him. He's right. fucking he was, down two one. He was one. practically in the uh, hey, yeah. fetal position yesterday uh, right. in the first uh, time the second champions. He's got that's he's right. Got uh, <laughs> I'm back, baby. Oh God! I mean, yeah, yeah I got to give the Rangers credit. They're they're hanging in there. They're doing okay. I, yeah, they're they're fucking they're up, up two, two one. one. Yeah. Um, Home ice. Watch yeah. if, if we if we can win Tuesday. Watch the fuck out. That's all oh, I'm gonna no. say. Oh, 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 direct, oh. direct threat hey, to the Rangers. One thing Miller is mark that for future play. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, one thing Miller is about is a hot goalie will get you there. Absolutely. Look, he uh, Igor and the Rangers fans were taunting uh, Vasilevsky, which you just don't want to do. He outplayed him the first two games. Definitely the first game. Yeah. But I don't look, there's two theories on on having that much time off. Some people like it. You get to rest up, whatever. I think it hurt the lightning to 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 sweep the Panthers. I think and plus we don't have Braden Point too, which obviously isn't helping. So So what's your prediction now? Two one, you're down. You by the skin of your teeth or are even in this series at all. Two, What's the prediction? I said I said lightning in six last week. You're take, sticking with it, huh? It's gonna take a miracle to get to, to do this in six games. I, I think it's going seven. And I think the lightning win. In New York on home ice. Have to, have to do that in New York. So that's gonna oh, be oh man. Hey, no, this is the to, year we need to game, go up for it. This is the year of game seven upsets, though. I am in the, the real story is I'm in an intense negotiation. I'm going to be in New York on Thursday. I'm in intense negotiations right now. I'll just let's just put it at that with my wife. Make it happen. Come on, Natalie. Come on, Milk. I'll, come, I'll come up with you. It's either so, it's either that or the Lion King. Yeah. Oh my God. But to it's circle back right. to New York, it's a question of whether you go to Lion King or game or game five. or game five. Which could be a critical yeah. game five. I've seen the Oof. Lion King, by the way. Boy, it's terrible. Oof. Right, exactly. It was, ter- it was terrible. Go see a matinee. Go see a matinee. Yeah, in the that's Lion right. King. Go to a matinee. Go to the I'll... garden in the evening. Come on, man. Bring I'm going gonna... with a little Lion King. If we end up with Lion King, I may disappear, and I'm going to end up at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> well, you may not be coming home. Right. Yeah, so you. <laughs> I might get then, killed you... there. You may really disappear. I yeah, need right. my kids to be there because the fans won't mess with us then if I got my four-year-old, right? No. Otherwise, I'm dead. No, I don't think the four-year-old gives you a there's they no human shield four-year-old. Seem, they don't seem nice at there. the garden. No. Well, wait a minute. Let's can we circle back though to where this hockey conversation starts? Well, not with Yager, but does it matter who wins this series? It doesn't. It doesn't, Milk. You're not beating the abs. Oh, no, you get the lightning into the Stanley Cup finals. Anything happens. I will tell you this. They will destroy the Rangers. It is over if it's the Rangers for the Stanley Cup. Lightning are champions. They know how to win. I I think if the Avs win at all, I think we have to have Paul Miller on, right? He did predict the, the. He did. He did. That's his team. He said, I think he said Colorado Tampa. Well, he's on standby right now, I'm sure. (laughs) <laughs> didn't he didn't he he's say Colorado booth. I can see him the Islanders booth he's Toronto. He and I were he and I were talking <laughs> Colorado Islanders. Islanders, yeah. He yeah. said the Islanders? I thought yeah. he said Tampa. Yeah. yeah. And, but he but he did say Tampa was going to be in it, you know, like in, in the hunt. In the hunt, yeah. Thought, thought you were getting old. 
All right. Well, that's a lot of NHL. Good luck, Milk. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Good luck, Milk. Good night tomorrow. Big night. Most importantly, we hope to see you back here next next week. Hopefully. I I think it's 50-50. There's all sorts of things that could go badly for you, it sounds like. Yeah, like going to the Lion King. uh, (laughs) Yeah. All right. So let's go to uh, the NBA where the finals are actually upon us here. Um, Rooster House, you guys want to give us an update on uh, what's happened in the NBA? I think yeah, I think it's come down to uh, you know we've had two two blowouts based on two quarters basically in the in the in game one the uh, Celts went on a twenty to five run in the fourth and in game two the uh, Warriors went on a thirty five to fourteen run in the third and it just seems like these are both really good well coached teams and it's coming down to who can come up with balanced scoring who can who can eliminate turnovers and play right defense the the Celtics gave up 33 points on turnovers last game you're never going to win against the Warriors if you do that they they looked like the um the private school team the high school team that ventured down into the into the city to play one of the big time you know basketball teams and had never seen a press before in their lives I mean, you know that look of terrified kids who can't get the ball across half court? That's pretty much what the Celtics looked like for part of that game. And they had Al Horford dribbling the ball up the court and Jalen Brown losing the ball left and right. Uh, how'd you see it, House? Mr. You know, you said something about the right defense. And here's my question to you. Like, I, I feel like both teams to win – at a minimum, have to take away the perimeter. You have to step up. Like you literally saw Steve Kerr last night at one point in the game, basically tell him to push up to the perimeter because Tatum and Brown were just lights out and White were just knocking it out. But so the question is, if the perimeter is taken away, who's got the better team inside the perimeter? And I think it's Golden State. Well, with Rob Williams hurt, I think it is Golden State. Because that's what I actually think this series is going to come down to is ironically not who's hot beyond the three point line, because I think the teams are going to adjust. Like you said, these are excellent coaches. I think there will be hot streaks where someone goes on a heater, but then eventually the defense will adjust. And the question is going to be who's scoring in the paint, who's rebounding in the paint. And that's going to be the decider for each of those games. You know, although you were seeing ridiculous circus shots, out of Steph and Jordan Poole yesterday, there were a lot of key rebounds from Kevin Looney, and there was a lot of interior scoring in the paint by Golden State. But Golden State did two things also that may have gone unnoticed. First of all, they played great team defense. Between Horford, Robert Williams, and Marcus Smart, they scored a combined six points, which is you can't win if if three of your five starters are doing that. The other thing is, is, I don't know if you noticed that Steve Kerr uh, abandoned the movement offense for that game and went to pick and roll. And yeah. the Celtics were, you know, were, were playing switching deep as if they were going to um, be up against that movement offense. And I think it took them by surprise. The, they were guarding the wrong guys half the, half the place. Marcus Smart found himself on Looney and with Curry wide open a couple of times. The, the other really interesting thing, and I think the, Golden State was going to win this game going away last night by far. But we talked about when we previewed this, the mental game. 
And we thought it was going to be we, we thought it was going to be Draymond versus Marcus Smart. It turns out a lot that it's been Draymond versus Grant Williams. Um, but I think Golden State's winning the mental game. Like Udoka, who's really calm and collected, lost it last night. He got teed up. Uh, the Celtics were losing it. And if they lose it at home, I, 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 that's another big part of playoff basketball is the mental game. And yeah. Draymond is in their head. After game one, there were people saying saying that Steve Kerr should have benched Draymond, that he was a liability offensively and and couldn't, you know, lost it. I mean, he scored 38, 37 points in a game seven not too many years ago um, against Cleveland. And what was an offensive liability in game one? And he's a proud guy. He heard that. And he came out and just decided, I'm going to disrupt the whole team. He was talking crap to Udoka on the sideline and all of the players and had them all rattled. He really did. But I, so, I wanna... so what you don't hear, though, is, and I, I listened to on Bill Simmons today. They were talking. He was at the game. He says that what you don't see on TV is how much of a fucking irritant that Draymond is. Like, he is jawing at the at the opposing coaches you know he gets under their skin during timeouts he's stuff you don't see he is just such an irritant stirring it up trying to get a reaction um it's almost like he's like the rodman now yeah in a way of for the golden state you know showtime uh just kind of like rodman was for the bulls when they were running with six titles but, but on that Draymond piece, I want to ask you guys' opinion because there was a little bit of a controversial point last night. Um, Draymond had already gotten one tech earlier in the game. And then there was a tie-up uh, where I think it was him and White were on the ground. Jalen Brown. 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 It was Jalen yeah, Brown? Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and it was Dr- a three-pointer. And it looked like to me that Brown kicked his leg out which caused Draymond to go down. I, so I think Draymond he- went down and then kind of lifted his foot up at Brown. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty clear. I think if you watched it, that in the regular season, what went on between those two guys, most refs would have called a double technical. Yeah. His Draymond's feet, legs were across Brown's face. Well, on so, the ground. It's the way he so landed. A double technical would have meant that Draymond was out of the game and they went, they cut away to the rules guy and the rules guy basically said that in a playoff game, you have to take the stakes that are into account and that it would mean basically throwing a guy out of the game. And the refs can consider that in whether calling a double technical or not. And I just found that shocking. I was like, it's either a double technical or it's not. They bait the ref, you know, consultant basically conceded, that the refs have in their discretion that if it means a lot to the NBA to leave a guy in the game, we're just not going to go by the rules and call a double technical. What'd you guys think yeah, about that? But that's every sport. That's every sport. You know, if, if, uh, if uh, Max Scherzer is pitching, um, you know, and, and the ball's an inch off the black, he's getting that call with two strikes compared to if uh, what's some bum we have throwing for us right now, uh, Adon or whatever, all of them. I mean, anybody, I don't even know who pitches for the Nats at this point, but I mean, you know, same thing uh, um, in football, right? You know, if if, uh, Jerry Rice is running an open route and gets a little handsy with someone or, or uh, Randy Moss, it's, you know, and and they don't make the play, it's pass interference on the, on the corner. If it's again, one of Washington's wide receivers, it's probably offensive interference, right? I mean, the, the, 
the rules change for for the situation all the time. Well, it's just I agree. I agreed with the no call on the flight. You agreed with the no call? Absolutely. I mean, if you look at it, they really they kind of got at each other, but there was no real shoving or pushing or you know. And and Draymond landed on him awkwardly. But Pope, do you agree with the no call? He did push. Do you you agree with the no call because you think it was the right call, or do you agree with the no call given the circumstances of the game? That it shouldn't have been a call that end, that got a guy thrown out of the game. Well, I I believe I, okay, if you assume that it's a flagrant one, double technical in the regular season, fine. But I think the playoffs definitely it's got to be a higher standard to kick a guy out, and he already had a tech. I mean that that just to me it was not a flagrant like you're looking at. You know, a lot of these other plays that we've seen have been where guys are getting knocked down as they're going to the basket. And they're calling flagrant ones. I mean, if you're going to call that a flagrant one, then call the other ones fucking flagrant twos. Because I just didn't think it was that egregious. And certainly House, not playoff egregious. House, you raised it. What do you think? I mean, do you think that that if it's a if it's a tech in the regular season, it's a tech in the playoffs? I thought what those guys did was deserving of a double technical. I did. I th- they were in fact, I thought what Jordan Poole did when he was kind of trying to protect himself and he got called for a technical was less than what these guys were doing where they were. I mean, Draymond was grabbing his shorts and Jalen was coming back almost ready to punch him. I don't know. I, 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 it took a lot of restraint for those refs. And I'm normally one that says just let them play. But Eventually, the message has got to be sent to Draymond, and I want the Warriors to win. I can't stand it if the Celtics win, but eventually the Draymond has got to be told by these refs. Like, the start of the next game in Boston, they got to say, dude, you you got one from us last game. If you pull that shit this game, we will call you on a technical twice, and you'll be out. I don't know why Udoka doesn't just send Grant Williams out there and say, your only job is to get him his second technical. That's right. (laughs) Well, I think refs are leery of that, too. Are, are leery of, of guys going out there to bait guys going Draymond. out there for the purpose of trying to egg Draymond to get him to another technical. Basically, it's going to be absolute fucking Thunderdome in Boston. During yes, the- it will be. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Jesus. Do you know, and I don't know if this stuff matters, but did you hear this other stat um, that that the third quarter score in the two games is like 73 to 38? Golden State. I mean, I don't know that it matters. This the series is one one. So that's right. I, I wrote that quarter. down. But but uh I mean that's weird, isn't it? Why is that? That's a weird stat, right? Yeah. Golden State did that to the Mavs too, third quarter. For whatever reason, they just come out of the locker room, whether Kerr makes adjustments or whatever, and they they tend to hit on all cylinders in the third. But you know, another thing is we haven't had a close game in how long in these playoffs? Yeah. I mean, it's all double digit wins. Yeah, it's I mean, been 12 and 19, these two games. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And it, it, there hadn't been any clutch play as we would define that, you know, last two minutes. So it'll be interesting if we have uh, a game that comes down to the last two minutes. Who's going to perform better? I mean, is the championship well, medal of the, the Warriors going to prevail? Well, the Celtics had the last close game, right? Game seven against Miami when, when Jimmy Butler pulled up yeah. on the three that would have yeah. won the game. Yeah. That's probably the last and one of the only close games we've seen in these playoffs. As we reported last week, right. the feast or famine playoffs, right? 
and, and you, you can't exactly say the Celtics were clutching the final two minutes of that game. They almost had a they historic were, collapse. Right. They were anti-clutch, right? right? They were like literally anti-clutch. I think that if the uh, Warriors start your man, Otto Porter, over Dray- Draymond, the, they may do better. No. Yeah, I think so. I don't. I don't think Draymond has a shot anymore. He, he's not a shooter. He used to be able to yeah, hit a reliable floor, he's, though. He used to be able to hit, you know, three, four threes a game and make make his around the rim shots. He's, he's still not such a smart player. He's throwing great screens. And in t- what you were saying in that whole pick and roll, I mean, some of the passes that he was setting up for for those. He's just a very, very smart player, playoff season player. Hey, before right. before we leave the NBA, the uh, dismantling of the Jazz that we predicted is starting now. Quinn Snyder resigned Sunday, and and um, Donovan Mitchell is already talking about being terrified about the future of the team. Yeah, congrats, Bear. You're going to you're you're have him on your Heat team. The Donovan on my Mitchell. Heat on my Heat. Team. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it would have been the, my Heat. The team Jazz are going to suck next year. The Jazz are going to suck. Terrible. Well, I mean, a lot of teams in the in the West could suck next year too, right? I mean, the Lakers, the Lakers, or the Lakers suck this year. Um, but uh, uh, Phoenix, right? Phoenix is yeah. probably peaked. So there's a question whether Aiton's coming back at all. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, anything else on uh, NBA? So wait. So when's the next game? Is it tomorrow night? Wednesday. They play Wednesday. like every three days. I know. Yeah, they, they do. It's crazy. The days off they get. So what's the what's the prediction for game three then? Other than uh, pain, as Clubber Lang would say. I think they go back and forth again. I think Boston wins game three, and I think Golden State wins game four, and Golden State pulls it out in seven. I agree with that. Okay. I still have, I have out, Golden State in six still. Weren't y'all calling out Clay Thompson? He's been awful. Yeah, but he'll have a big game. I, he'll pull one out. Agreed. All right. Anything else on NBA? All right, well, we have another month to talk about it, so I'm sure we'll, uh, we'll keep <laughs> Not quite. more. Yeah, well, I think we got at least two more shows, though, right? We'll probably have two more shows to talk about it. Just one? Just one. <laughs> game seven will be next week. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, it'll be after. Then, then they'll be to the hockey, what are they, the quarters? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, we got to bump. Uh, we got to get golf in here this week. Golf, um, golf, 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 and not not because of a particular tournament. But milk, what's what's happening in the golf world? This this is the opening week of the. Is it? Do they go? Is it live? Yeah, it's like Club Live. Club Live. <laughs> live Tyler. This is the opening week at Centurion Club in London of the Live Tournament. And in the last week, we've had DJ fell for his price was $125 million. Uh, came out today that they offered close to a billion, that's billion with a B, to Tiger to come over. Is that, is that wow. pre, pre-mangle leg Tiger? Post mangled leg tiger? I mean, wow. what tiger are they offering? I think it's definitely been in the last I year. I think it's current signing bonus. Yeah. Absolutely. My God. I mean, they <laughs> wow. offer. They offer- can't even walk Southern Hill. All right. All right. Wait, 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 wait. Let's let's back up a second. Okay. I, so, because I got some questions about yeah. this, this whole thing. Okay. And let's start with, the, with some very basics on this. 
how is the the current PG when we talk about the PGA Tour, what does that mean as far as organization and players? What are, what are we talking about when we talk about the PGA Tour? Uh, before you answer that, can I say can we go to our resident golfer to an- answer that question? Uh, House, although he is a 21, 21. 21. He's a frequent golfer. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he does have the most experience. I think he can. Just in the last it. month, he has the most experience. For sure. <laughs> Go ahead, House. So, House, when you answer, what, when we talk about the tour, what does that mean? Because we see different tournaments every well, week. But the PGA Tour is the 20 to 25 events during the year that you have to qualify for, you know, to go to. PGA qualifying school or some are some, you know, exemptions that you can play in these, you know, everything that everybody knows about there's within the PGA tour, there's a FedEx cup that have points associated with it. There's an extra prize for that, which is minuscule compared to what we're talking about live right now. And then you've got the four majors plus the players championship. Do the, do the players on the PGA tour get a salary? The players do not get a salary. So they're playing for purses every weekend, right? Yes. And they have right. to have they, they have, have to have the privileges. Cut. They get they get a card. Yeah, tour card. In order and, to play. And not only that, because we'll talk about this with Liv, but in order for the players to even qualify for that purse, they have to play well enough after rounds one and two on Thursday and Friday that they can play the weekend for Saturday and Sunday. Once you're playing Saturday or Sunday, you're gonna make some money, some money. But if you don't play well Thursday and Friday, you just spent money with on your caddy, on your flight, on your everything, and right. you didn't make bubkas. Well, here's look, my here's, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was just gonna say I, I, I asked these questions just because it's very easy to get caught up when you talk about sports and you hear the, the dollars amount that athletes get paid to always focus on the biggest contracts, right? We talked about the NFL. You know, we know that in the NFL, the average career is like three years. The average salary is like, you know, half a million and guys are out of the league after three years. Like we, we talked about this with the baseball lockout earlier this year. You know, the average baseball salary, you know, is like 600,000, even though you hear about these hundred million dollar contracts that get signed. So I just think it's important to sort of tee right. that up. There are a lot of guys on the PGA tour who are struggling to get in. And who are paying, you know, golf's expensive. Your clubs are expensive. Your golf balls are expensive. And traveling every week to different tournaments and maybe not making any money. That's a reality for a lot of guys on the on the tour who we say are on the PGA Tour, right? Right. Well, I think the bits real quick, Richard, that that's the business plan of Greg Norman. Because he, I mean, he's basically come out and said, I don't care if like, I think the exact quote was, I don't care if, if the 350th ranked player wins it. I want that to happen because I want these players who are top 50 to see some guy win $4 million or whatever and be like, I can kick this guy's ass every day of the week. I'm going to come over and play now. So he like wants this. So so Memorial Tournament yesterday, Kramer Hickok tied for 64th um, at plus eight and made $25,800. And I'm guessing Kramer Hickok had to pay all kinds of money, caddy and everything else that ate in substantially to that. I don't think his takeaway was that much on $25,800. The last place finisher in the Centurion Golf Club event coming up for the Live Tour is guaranteed 120 k 
There you go. Okay. So, so that's- here's here's the question I have though. I think there are a lot of listeners out there, me included, who want to understand what why does the PGA have the right to tell uh Kevin Na, for example, if you go and play on the live tour, we are going to sanction you. We're going to take action, which could include excluding him from playing in PGA sanctioned events. What gives them the right to do that? PGA Tour is, pri- is a private entity. Private. They have the rules, and if you don't pl- play by the rules, and you're not a member of the of the club, period. So, what if you've won a major? Can they keep you from playing the next they can. the next well, major? They don't run the majors. Well, the, the but the major provides exemptions on right. the PGA you Tour. Can play always play a major, I think, right? No, if you play, well, on I mean, the, they can't prevent you from playing in a major. The PGA Championship is the PGA of America, which is different than the PGA Tour. Correct. They all, it's all different. You can't, you can't stop them from staying in the British Open. No, no. And, and, and I, I don't know if you guys saw, I sent you Phil's statement. He's like, I'm going to play in the live tour, but I'm also going to play in the majors. And you guys live with that or not. All right. So they can't exclude him. So let's back up for a second then, because we, we were getting there, but, and Milk, you alluded to it, or House, you did, somebody alluded to it, but what is what is the difference between the structure of the PGA and the live tour as far as compensation? I mean, you see, you know, you hear guys like Phil's big thing has been the PGA tour is unfair to players. That's why I'm supporting the live tour. Such bullshit. What is, what is the comp structure that the live tour is offering that's different than the PGA? Well, it's a $25 million total purse for this one coming up in London. Four million for the first pro- first place finisher, and like I said, everybody is guaranteed to be paid something. And that's double double the purse of the memorial, the, both the first place and the total purse. The next PGA tournament is the Canadian Open, and the first place winner gets a million five. And the thing about Live is PGA is Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Live is three, three. days. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like Rooster said, everybody gets paid. And what's different with live, which the PGA doesn't have, is like sometimes in pro-ams and things like that, you know, tournaments that golf clubs have on Mondays and Tuesdays. Sure, for that, you can bring out Tiger Woods and say, hey, Tiger, come to our course. We'll pay you $500,000 to show up. Live is creating now appearance fees, which is why you're hearing these staggering numbers for people like Phil and Dustin Johnson. These have nothing to do with the purse. They're essentially appearance fees. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then there's some team-based component, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's t- tell, so that's, tell us about it's that. Almost like, it's almost like, like a team-based. Well, I, I looked at the, the sh- this today and I was like, I walked away being like, it is kind of interesting. From the well, tell us about how it's, like, it it's like a country club championship, though. And it's a shotgun start, at least the one in London. Shotgun start. They're all going to be shotgun starts. Teams, but like the team, even the concept of teams is interesting because they I, I saw where they the vision is to have like you could get traded off your team. Like like there'd be commissioners for teams and they would negotiate. Hey, I want to get DJ on my team and all this stuff like. It, it's out of the box. There's, so at this, there's 48 at, players, there's 12 teams, and there's 12 captains who select their teams. And are the teams draft. Set for a season? Does the team a, win a snake, $4 million? Or does component. one person win, win a tournament? Does a team win? Both. 
That's I what I don't you get understand. paid. You can get paid both ways as a team well, member and a winner. Right. Okay. So there's a team and then there's like the individual lowest. A $5 million okay. purse will be shared between the top three teams at the end of the year. So it's, it's almost like F one, like the constructors. <laughs> so, okay. So who, who are some of the notable defectors at this point who are going from the PGA tour to the live tour? Well, all right. So I've categorized them as has beens never beens never will be's losers and no names. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. DJ is in you that. You know DJ. what the combined number of majors in the entire live field is? Well, it's Phil and DJ. Phil has six. Phil has six. DJ has two. Usti has one, and Sergio has one. So that's it. It's it's okay. And, and you've got the thirteenth, twentieth, thirty third, thirty fifth, and fifty fourth player in the world. That's their the that's, best they got to offer. But that's today. That's the telling you right now. This is gonna. They're gonna start defecting one by one. Right. The problem with the business plan, though, in my view, is right now this makes absolute sense for the Kevin Nas of the world. Yeah. And if it takes off, and the good players start saying, "Oh shit, I could win that," then Kevin Nas screwed. (laughs) (laughs) But so here's so here's the reality. Thirty third golfer in the world now. But here's the reality. This is what we're talking about. The PGA Tour has had the market cornered on the biggest purses and the best golf in the world for however long. And somebody came around and said, we can do this better. We just have to pay the players more money and we can do, and we can think outside the box and do this better. And so my question is, why are people pissed off about this? Because it's funded by Saudi Arabia. That's why. Is that the, I mean, that's the answer, answer, right? Yeah. I think certainly one of the main answers. I think it, yes, it totally is. But I, but I hear a lot of like, it's the purity of the PGA tour you're fucking with. Like, like there's some historical component and right. And and do we care about that? I mean, I mean, really, I I don't, if it weren't for the Saudi Arabia component, I, I think it'd be exciting. I'm yeah, no, I I agree. Look, the Saudi part, is is horrible and, and and things they back and believe in but but i mean the concept i'm not i've started to come around to it like okay, so, I, I feel like phil has been shit on like like well phil shit on much. himself phil's well, comments like though, a were, selfie were, poop. yeah i mean phil's comments were really outrageous no about, he, right he didn't help himself but well, look I'm, got, I'm asking he's gotten counseling though, i'm asking these questions right, right. right. Yes. yeah 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 <laughs> he disappeared family. He disappeared for three weeks to one of his 28 houses that the PGA helped him build. He got counsel and now from he's his thought about it. Yeah. Dude, if, no, if, 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 if DJ got 125 million, who do you think they paid Phil? Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm asking these questions because I feel like, you know, most people, most of our listeners have probably heard something about this tour, but really don't know too much about it. So when we say it's, it's funded by the Saudis, I mean, is that, is this the Saudi government? Like, just no, it's a public, that, it's a public investment fund that they've set up. Yeah. Saudi public investment fund or something. Yeah, but something. there's still Saudi money behind right. it. It's right. Dirty money. Right. It's dirty money. Yeah, it's the same kind of crap that owns Man City and, you know, those teams. But look, <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I'm pretty sure with all these sports and their sustainability, it's really about television television watchers 
American television watchers. So here's what I'm interested to see. Like, what time am I going to be able to watch this London event and on what channel? Because I'm pretty sure golf channels pretty much in bed with the PGA. So I don't think they're going to sell out and start it's, being part of it. It'll Liv. probably be on the tennis channel. Right. Yeah. And so I'm going to be taking video of it and sending to Pope. And We're going to have to all get, get on Sky Network. And, and, and when they play in Malaysia and Singapore and these other places, like when am I watching that in the United States? And if well, they're, they're playing ra- like three Trump courses too, I think. Yes. If the ratings end up being like nothing, there's only so long that Saudi Arabia is going to keep pouring $150 million into this. It's definitely relying on people watching this and being entertained by it. I'll be very interested to see what the ratings are for this first t- tournament. Who is going to watch Taylor Gooch? Right. Ooh. Wait, wait, but but Kepka's playing. Oh. Boy, that's his brother, Chase. <laughs> he's, he's, ranked, really? he's ranked 1,543. I think I would world. rather watch video from Brooks Kepka's wedding this past weekend than Chase Kepka, which, by the way, if you haven't seen some of the video, it's pretty entertaining. I mean, uh, is it even on TV? I don't think the it Kepka is. wedding or live uh, <laughs> both. The, the, the I don't think the live this the Centurion is on television. I think it's all like it's not on like pay per view, like some fucking boxing match. I think or it's something. on YouTube shit, and they have their own. Website. Well, okay, Boomer. I mean, I hate to tell you, but YouTube is how a lot of people watch TV. Yeah, that's now. my I mean, primary channel down here. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, house. whether you're watching it on Amazon Prime or what, that's how a lot of people are watching TV right now. Look. I, I hear you guys. I just think it's very easy to sort of roll your eyes at this thing. But, you know, we're, we're supposed to be capitalists who, who say competition is good. There hasn't been any real competition to the PGA. And, yeah, the Saudi Arabia thing is, is vile. And that is probably a good enough reason to not tune into it. But it's really interesting that somebody has come along and said, you know what? We could do this better than what what people are doing right now. And and um, you know, I don't know who's going to tune in. If you have competing golf tournaments, you know, why do you t- tune in to watch the has beens, nobody's, yesterday's news, whatever Pope called them, versus never will be's versus the best players in the world. So I don't know how they do compete. And you know, we've seen this with with football before, where there's a fledgling, you know, maybe not competitor to the NFL, but wannabe that pops up and then it, it makes it half a season in full. So it, it will be interesting, but um, it's a gimmick you know, and these guys are going to pay a price for it. I think that's like, the big question. Phil Mickelson, right? I mean, we can talk about that. Phil Mickelson, any idea of him being a Ryder cup captain, say, uh-huh. say fucking goodbye. Uh, all the, how about all those euros? We haven't even talked about them. Garcia, Westwood, Poulter, Keimer, all those guys are going against the PGA European Tour. None of them will ever be Ryder Cup captains. None of them will ever play Ryder Cup again. I mean, it's mm. these guys are these guys are really, really cutting them their nose off to spite their face on this money grab. Does does the Live Tour have any any uh, events in the states? Yes. Oh, yeah, all the Trump, two Trump courses. Two Trump courses. Oh. Second one yeah. is in uh, Portland. Yeah, we get to go back to Doral. That. Yeah, right. Fucking small. But okay, here here it is. Livegolf.com for all you listeners out there. On YouTube and Facebook is how you can follow the London tournament. Those oh, ratings. Okay. Morning, lo- morning golf on Sunday? 
9 a.m. Thursday, Friday, Saturday this week. Oh, let's, let's go. <laughs> Milk, don't tell me you're not watching this. The only reason you're not watching this is if you're at the Lion King. Right. Uh, <laughs> right. You're, you're definitely tuning into this. I'll so. be tuning it in the hotel room in the morning. All right. Anything? I think it's interesting. I mean, I listen. The I wish the Saudis weren't involved in it because it'd be more interesting as a as an experiment in competing with the PGA if they yeah. weren't backing it. Right. All right so I, if you had stock and live. Are you buying or selling right now? Selling. 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 I agree. It's got to. It's got to. Selling. Gonna this need is somewhere that. between the PGA Tour and the Champions Tour, slightly above the Champions Tour. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Agreed. I'm not going to ask the next question. Okay, moving on to uh, to tennis. Tennis. Uh, our resident tennis. expert. House. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, I'm prepared. Look, we have plenty of experts on tennis. Ah, uh, no, no more than House. <laughs> <laughs> And I expect House to chime in. Uh, but, you know, Rafa, king of clay, got his 22nd major uh, and is now too clear of the Joker and, uh, and Fed. Um, but that might be it. I don't know if you guys saw after, after he won uh, how much well, – we talked about this in a pod last year, how much pain he's in. You know, this – he said he basically didn't feel his foot the entire tournament because it's on. It's been numb with injections. Wow. Um, he has got serious long-term foot issues, and he said he just can't keep going this way. Um, I've seen where he was not going to play Wimbledon uh, before the wrench final. I guess maybe that's subject to change, but I just don't. I don't know. I, I think what we saw was a crowning achievement of his career, and. Um, we were texting about this. I was actually on a plane and, you know, I'm not going to punch him officially, but I'd like to punch the fucking peacock for not having the Joker uh, Nadal quarterfinal match, which would go down as one of the great, you know, quarterfinals in major history. Uh, It was on the tennis channel, which hardly anybody has can access. Uh, but we were texting and I'm like, Hey, looks like Roth is going to five with, with the Joker. He was down five to three, five, uh, two, five, two Joker had two set points on his, on his racket on the serve and couldn't close him out. Goes to a tie break and Rafa just stoned him in the tie break. It was awesome. And, and I did see it finally, you know, on uh, the tennis channel uh, later on. And that was an amazing back and forth between those guys. Um, and then, you know, so he dispatches the Joker. He goes and plays uh, Zavarov or whatever, number three. A- an amazing first set. Those two sets were unbelievable. And then the guy, you know, falls down, tumbles, sprains his ligaments. He's out, has to retire. And, and Rafa gets to play, you know, one of his students at R- Rafa, <laughs> at the Nadal Academy on Mallorca. This guy, uh, uh, Rude is one of his prized students and he's 13 years younger and, and, and he had a, a little, little bit of a chance in the second set, but he was a deer in a headlight and he got smoked. Um, and, uh, you know, look, we talked about, and what we're going to talk about now is who's the goat in tennis. And you've got Bison's uh, background. Uh, is it, is it measured by tournament wins? Is it measured by majors? Is it measured by what major they win? I mean, I would assert that, it, that Nadal is 14 and 0 in finals at the at the French 112 and 3 overall record. Um, 
nobody's going to come close to that as far as there's no other player that has double digit wins at one major. And so, you know, to me, he's the goat, but I'm open for, you know, for debate. Let's go. So he's the goat because he's dominated a single major, more or less. I mean, that yeah. you just gave that answer and you said yeah. he's the goat because he went 14 and 0 at the French and 100 and whatever and three at the, right. at the, at the French. So you think that that dominating one is more important than being good at all sorts of different. But he has won them all. He's won all of them. Yeah, he I mean, has, he's got yeah, he's got yeah. four U.S. Opens and two Wimbledons and two Australians. So I mean, he's he's got the career slam times too, but he's so dominant in that in that on clay court that it just separates him in my mind. This um, is the golden age of men's tennis. Yes, you know, McEnroe and Borg and a little bit of Connors. And yes, there was a Lendl. What's that? Pete Sampras. Later on. But later on. But but you know, there were rivalries, but nowhere, no at no time in men's tennis did you have three men at the same time so dominant. And I think to Pope's argument, yes, it's one surface. Yes, it's 112 and three, and yes, it's 14 and 0. But it's 14 and 0 and 112 and 3 against two other guys that desperately wanted those slams, that desperately wanted those majors. So he was eliminating some of the very, very best. And I would say that if Rafa was playing at a time where there wasn't this kind of competition out there, but look, amongst the Rushmore of men's tennis, the fact that he's got two more, I don't think Federer is going to get another one. No. Nope. I think Djokovic might get another Wimbledon or an Open, but and I think Aussie, Rafa, for sure. Rafa's got a really good chance to hold this record. And as far as playing again, it's very tempting, no matter how much pain you have. He's playing at such a high level, and I realize that Wimbledon and the Open, he's got to even step up his game even more. He's got a chance for the Grand Slam this year. And if he can, if he can just store himself up for Wimbledon and maybe get to the quarter semis, it becomes a very interesting situation if he can pull off this Grand Slam to cap off what I think is the goat career. Now I really do. I think it's an un- interesting argument that is dominating on one surface, but the fact that he's doing while well, these other two guys who are among the best ever want to beat him gives him the claim to goat. But, but you got Federer who won. Six Australian Opens, eight Wimbledons, and five U.S. Opens. How many? And one, French. And one French. And one, one French. French. One, because no. you, because we look, we can concede. There's no question Nadal's the greatest clay court player of all time, right? I mean, that's that's fine, yeah. easy, done. Okay, but I, I don't know. I just think it's a hard argument to say when you look at what Federer has done on all the other types of surfaces. Well, look at Joker. He's nine and zero, and has only lost eight matches in his entire history at the Aussie. So he's got nine out of his twenty are, are Australian. That's and he's right. got six Wimbledon, three U.S. and two French. Two French. I don't have a problem separating it by surface. I mean, they are different. It is different tennis. I don't. But are we going to separate by? Okay, let's talk golf. Are we going to separate by? 
you know, if you've won the Masters more times than the U.S. Open, maybe you're just a king of no. Augusta. I mean, is, is, the, me- is the measure the majors? Because I am prepared, and I hate to say this, but I think Joker catches him. I think Joker passes him. He's yeah, he's only gotten – He's, he's younger. younger. He's played 19 years. And, he's uh, healthier. Federer's played 24 and, and, years. And his competition, yeah. quite frankly, is not going to be there in the next three right. or four years. So when he passes him, I will be on this pod, assuming we have a fucking pod, and I will say, I think the Joker is the greatest at that time. I measure greatness by majors. Same reason I put Jack over Tiger. Well, would you put Margaret Court over Serena? Well, I mean... Serena is number one, right? Serena has one less than Margaret Court. Margaret Court has 20 doubles. No singles. Margaret Court has 24. Serena has 23. Now she'll probably pass her someday, but I think she's already the goat. She's already the goat. I think it's got to be somewhat relative to your competition at the time. I I really do. And, and as, as far as surface, you guys remember the, the controversy that happened when Rory said, I'm not going to change my whole game just to win a British open golf. And everybody was climbing all over him saying like you punk, like a part of golf is excelling at all of them. If you're, if you're going to compete in golf, you got to be good at all the majors. You know, you can, you can say Rafa shouldn't be goat just because he dominated on one surface, but he is a complete player on all surfaces but if, and if you if you take out the French, Federer has him nineteen to eight on majors. Okay, what are you taking okay. out for Federer? Take out I mean, take I, out his highest Wimbledon. He's got eight. He's got eight. eight. So he's okay. Twelve. To so me, the amazing thing is that these three guys. Yeah, Djokovic is is only at nineteen years, but. 20 plus years at the level that they are playing is just a testament to their conditioning. I mean, it's just amazing. Bjorn Borg only lasted 10 years. He won 11, yeah. 11 grand slams in, in 10 years. He was more mental than anything else. Quick. Yeah. He, he just walked away, but um, he was, I think he was head and shoulders better than everybody for his time, but he couldn't, he couldn't win a U.S. open and he couldn't win. He, couldn't he won win Wimbledon in the French and that an was Australian it. open. But as to the truly greatest of all time, can we at least all agree that now Rafa has surpassed Tom Brady as the greatest of all time in a sport? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, for sure. Excuse 112 me? and three versus what, like seven and three? Oh, <laughs> the guy loses majors house, all the time. House, I want to know. Sport. I want to know, House, is it Jack or Tiger for you? It's Tiger. Hey. It's Tiger. Why? Why? Be- I-, I think, first of all, Tiger against relative competition. And I think that the way he revolutionized the sport, the way he literally, come on, how many golf courses literally had to be changed for Jack? Anything? They changed golf courses. But that, but to that was try a lot of to- equipment. Yes. That's I think equipment. they changed golf courses to neutralize Tiger. Jack nope. was winning his majors when he had Arnold Palmer and Tom Watson yeah, and Weisskopf. I mean, that's true. He had some major competition. Milk, yeah. I want to know. Is yeah. it Tiger or Jack for you? Tiger all day long. And Jack's I mean, a I, don't know that, I think if you had Tiger and Jack in their prime going head to head, I think we all know Tiger Woods beats him. Yes. With I mean, Rooster? Which equipment? I agree with these guys. Tiger. 
The yeah. only thing I would say, though, is when Tiger is Jack's age, he will not be playing as well as Jack plays right no, now. No, absolutely not. <laughs> he's a bro- he's going to be a broken it's down close. man. It's I'm close. T- How about you, I'm Bison? Taking, I'm taking my fellow Emory Law alum, Bobby Jones. That's it. I'm just leaving <laughs> it right there. Well, that... <laughs> I uh, yeah, that's uh, a walk off. <laughs> Listen, I think I love segments I, when we jump the shark. I think these <laughs> these conversations about greatest this just shows why they're so hard and and you know instead of uh, instead of trying to to pick the goat or whatever, just enjoy the enjoy the I have one the greatness last of all of them. Yeah, I have one last question to you, Pope. If you had to pick either Nadal or Federer to win a Surf hard court tennis match. You're going to draft one of those two. Who, who are you going to take? Hard court. Yeah, probably Federer. Then you can't. Then he's not. Then he. How can you be the goat? Then that's where I'm getting confused. It's like okay. Well, look, if you have to pick them on clay, who are you going to pick? I'm. So I'm saying. I think you have. A, you have to distinguish. So we have like co goats. I think you have the greatest of all time for surface and the or for hard and the greatest of all time. I'd rather have Montana under center than Brady. I just say that. I'd rather have Montana. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Jalen Hurts well, we'll or Brady? What are you taking? The Hurts. Get to Jalen. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah, that's right. We had to get Hurts in, somehow Hurts into the pie. All this right. Is, this is why the Eagles are never going to win another Super and, Bowl. And yeah. now House is our leading candidate for punchable face of the week right there. <laughs> My God. Hey, who's got a punchable face? Segway. Come on, man. Who's got a good one? I've got a short one. All right, let's hear it. Brittany Griner has been detained illegally for over a hundred days now. And I do not only want to nuke, I want not only want to punch Putin, but I want to nuke him. It's ridiculous. Brian Pope has left the pod. (laughs) For anybody listening, Rooster's the one in in Richmond. He's in Richmond, Virginia. Richmond, Virginia. Doesn't want to launch nukes. He doesn't really want to launch nukes, guys. I, I, I Although wanna, Rooster's the only one who's actually seen combat, so that's I, right. Maybe we should trust him. <laughs> notwithstanding, notwithstanding free markets and free agency in life, I still think DJ is deserving of a punch. I think that at certain point, sports gets to excesses and ridiculousness, and all of this live stuff does not happen if they don't have a premier signature player. DJ sold out. I can almost understand Phil, you know, where he is in his career, but DJ is still relatively close to his prime. He has an opportunity to continue to dominate on the PGA tour and he sold out to the Saudis. And for me, DJ is the creator of live now and gets a punch in the face from me. Didn't he say not long ago that he wouldn't do it? Yep. Yes. What yeah, changed before yeah. they called and said, I have 125 million dollars. We'll wire it today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll does he, does he need the money? Is something going on there with him? Well, he's got some he's habits. High maintenance. As, habits. Rick, Rick James, money. as Rick James once said, never mind. <laughs> yeah. His wife is Paulina Gretzky. His father-in-law is Wayne Gretzky. I don't think he needs the money. I don't think. 
I don't think he. I don't think he needs their money either. Quite honestly, he's done pretty good. He's done pretty well. Yeah, know. he's done okay for himself. Well, so and here's punchable face. We didn't even talk about this, but are the PGA? You know, the PGA, the pension program is amazing. Mm. These guys get paid a ton of fucking money after they retire. What happens now to those live guys? Do they lose their old pension? Good question. Mm. Good I'll get question. back with you on that. That seems like All a right. taking. By you the know, way, maybe not. can I just say this? <laughs> this weekend is the RBC Canadian Open. Who the fuck wants to play in that? So I'm all for people going to London. Go. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to go take, play golf take in that, Canada. Take Next punchable face jaw. of the week. Milk. Take that moose jaw. Milk, milk for, for talking shit about the uh, PGA Tour in favor of Liv. He's our next punchable face of the week. I'm starting to come around. Yeah, I, t- I knew it. I knew it. What? Anybody else? Any other punchables? No? Okay. Who's got a lasso for us? Rooster, I think you do, right? Barbecue sauce. <laughs> I have one. Um, you guys ever heard of Manny Benuelos? He was the pitching prospect for the Yankees in 2008 and blew out his elbow and spent the next, you know, 14 years bouncing around six different teams, played in Taiwan. He played in Mexico and, you know, just was a shell of himself and has continued to work at it. And Friday night in the game where uh, Garrett Cole won won that game thirteen nothing against the Tigers, uh, they put they put Ben Huelos in for two innings to close out the game, and he stood there on the mound and just paused for a while so his wife and child could see him there. Finally, made it all the way back to the major leagues with the team that drafted him with all these high hopes that he would be you know, a, a stud starting pitcher. So it was, uh, it was a really nice moment and congratulations to Manny. That's awesome. 2008 to 2022. It took wow. Out. Good uh, one. I like this. Good story. one. Yeah, yeah. Good one. And the other lasses. All right. Before we wrap up, I think we got a couple, a uh, couple quick hits here. Uh, Pope, you got to pour out. to pour one out for Marion Barber, the third, Dallas Cowboy running back back in the 2000s. Um, the guy was one of those uh, workhorse running backs who just would run you over. Um, there's a, a, I guess, iconic, if that's the word for it, uh, play where he was up against the Patriots and should have been uh, a safety. And, and he overcame like seven guys just to get out of the end zone and get like a two-yard gain. Uh, they they use that, you know, when they're talking about uh, his, uh, you know, amazing physical talents. I mean, the guy, he he made the Pro Bowl as a backup in 2007 for the Cowboys. Um, one of those guys probably that his career was cut short due to the physical nature of the way that he ran the football. And unfortunately, um, you know, it's not, I guess, controversial, but he'd had some mental uh, issues the last six, seven years. And the family uh, wondered if there was potentially CTE involved. We don't know exactly what the cause of death was, uh, but the family did not want to donate his brain for CTE research, which is kind of a shame. Um, He's 38 years old, father, you know, just a good guy. Nobody has anything really bad to say about him. Um, And 
pour one out for Marion gone way too early. Yeah, that's too young. Too young. Yeah. Too young for sure. All right. And I think uh, we have milk. one more. We have, have one more. Appreciation. Fitzy? Fitzy. Yeah. What do you got? Uh, the magic's gone. Take, take us out on a high note. Uh, look, anyone who can make $86 million in the NFL is primarily a backup. Uh, you got to say some good things about that's that's what Harvard going to Harvard gets you. Um, Fitzy was awesome. Love that guy. He was here like three years. One of the nicest people in the, that you will meet literally like well-known in our, he still lives here in Tampa, well-known in our community. He's literally the guy I've sent you guys pictures that will go to like the local carnival with his kids. He drives a shit box minivan, literally. Um, he has like five kids or something. He's got seven kids. Seven, yeah. Yeah, seven kids. Literally some 19, like 95 minivan he drives around town. Like everyone knows, oh, that's Fitz. That's Fitz. Uh, great dude. Got by in his career on his brain. Definitely not his, his talent. He was a, but, but he was a good enough football player that for one game, like he could have high level talent. And he could beat anybody. He was he was really good. He just didn't have the consistency. You know, the next game he would literally play like one of the worst NFL quarterbacks ever. So it was just on, 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 off, on, off. And you 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 can't be a starting quarterback in the NFL, but he was good enough, you know, to be a backup and 18 years. Is that, is that what I saw? In a lot of exciting moments. Yep. 18 years. How many teams? Like all 800? All of them? All yeah. of them. It had to have been. I like mean, raise your hand teams. if you played on your team. <laughs> yeah, most everybody. Right. You didn't play on your team, Bison. No. Well, yeah, he played. He played about eight minutes. <laughs> that was it. That I think the culmination was that video of him and his kid at the Bills yeah, playoff game last awesome. year, just Perfect. being an ordinary guy. Yeah, that's what he was. With his shirt off in the freezing cold. Just an ordinary dude. That's what exactly what he is. He's a good, good guy. Good guy. So, so Rooster, do you take uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jeremy Lin, goat Harvard professional? <laughs> oh, oh, Harvard goat. Well, <laughs> I think the Harvard Fitz, goat debate. Is that? I'd have to go with Fitz. Jeremy Lin had about a three-year window. He played for the I, Lakers, but when he was right. on the Knicks, I'm Lin telling sanity. you, Lin Sanity, Lin Lin was, sanity was, was the up. only yeah. thing going on at Madison that Square was, Garden that for was pretty fun for though. a couple decades, I would say. Just so yeah. our listeners know, he's wearing a Celtics hat right now. Just, just to irritate, yeah, just to irritate you guys. That's it's all. disgusting. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Amazing. He's bored. He's he's bored. Knicks fan my ass. He's bordering on popism at this point. Do you guys so. understand what could Pretty happen aggressive. in the next twelve months? Do you understand that the Celtics could win the NBA championship, the Rangers could win the Stanley Cup, and then there could be a subway series between the Yankees and the Mets. It would be awesome. I, I would move out of this universe. It would be awesome. I'm gonna have to switch I'm gonna have to switch to becoming a Rangers fan from the Islanders. He doesn't even mention the Caps, who he said was his adopted team just one, one week ago, I think. He's yeah. <laughs> starting to come around to the range. Uh, <laughs> I can tell. All right, you guys have a good week. Have a good, good show, everyone. See you All guys. right. See ya.
The SMQBs are Brian Bandwagon Pope, who hails from Dallas, Texas, and has never met a first-place team that he didn't have a personal connection to. Michael Rooster Phelan, hailing from Richmond, and who roots for teams from New York, or is it Boston? I can't remember which it was. One or the other. Also, Patrick Milk Michler from Tampa Bay, and he is still massively in love with Tom Brady and will never get over his man crush on the GOAT. Toby House Milrod, a long-suffering sports fan, hailing from Philadelphia, whose Eagles team, mm, they're still looking for another quarterback. And I am Chris Bison Nace, hailing from Washington, District of Champions. Thanks for listening.